Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come in this morning, Father, and celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus. He's not dead. He is alive. And we're celebrating that today, Father, through music, through your word. And God, I ask right now for your Holy Spirit to just saturate this place. And Father, for hearts that are hurting today to find peace and rest and strength and love in you in this place right now. God, whatever they're dealing with, whatever they're struggling with, whatever it is, Father, let them know this morning that they are loved, they have value, and there is freedom found in you today. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Watch the screen here. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that Jesus had said these things to her. On that Sunday evening, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear. With the doors locked for fear. With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came. Jesus came. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side his hands and side he showed them his hands and he showed them his side the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the lord again jesus said peace be with you as the father has sent me as the father has sent me i am sending you i am sending you and with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe. You may believe. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing, by believing, you may have life. You may have life in His name. Happy Easter, everyone. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate the risen Savior. Let's stand this morning. I'll thank everybody in the church for being a part of that. Glad it came together, but we want to celebrate this morning. All right? Are you ready? All right, here we go. What is Easter all about? And who is Easter for? I'll tell you who it's for. It's for the lost. 
the wandering, the weak and the weary, and for the worn. It's for those who feel forgotten, cast out, abandoned, or betrayed. It's for the downtrodden, the, dis- the destitute, and yes, it's for the discouraged. It's for the prodigal who needs to come home. It's for anyone who needs hope. Easter is for you. let all who have ears hear this on Friday Jesus died and darkness fell on Friday we wondered did evil win oh but on Sunday morning church on Sunday light beamed once again on Sunday the stone was rolled away because of Sunday nothing can hold us back nothing can hold us down and church family though we live in a Friday world we are Sunday people it's Sunday so let me take you to that empty grave to see our victory
Till that stone was moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs
him feel welcome. Say hello and good to see you in the house of the Lord today. What he's done. Amen. I am always, always, always thankful, and I never want to take them for granted, for our praise team here at Orchardville Church. And here's one thing I'm totally 100% confident in. You can go into some places and feel like it's entertainment. I know without a shadow of a doubt, every time they come up here to sing, every time they come up here to play, it's from a place of anointing and ministry. Not up here to entertain, they're up here to minister and flow in what God's doing in their hearts. So I appreciate them so much, and I appreciate them letting me be a part of the beginning there. So, got me a little excited and fired up. (laughs) I also mean what I say when I say this church is a wonderful family to be a part of. And I know it's Easter, I know we've got some new people here, but I want to explain that a little bit. Because if you're here and you don't have a church home, I want you to come here. I'm being a little selfish. If you don't have a place to go, I want you to be here. I want you to be here with us because it is a loving family that encourages you each week. And they also help you through some things. And and I'm a testament to that, my wife and I and my daughter. Um, Since some people are new here, I'm just going to give you a short little snippet of why I believe in this church and why I believe in God and who he says he is. And, and, and some of our regulars may get a little bit tired of hearing it, but I'm still processing. I'm still going through it, so I'm going to keep talking about it. Our son passed away nine months ago, 17 years old. And this church and our big, mighty God has got us through these last nine months. So, so whatever you're carrying, whatever you're dealing with today, whatever you struggle with in life, I can promise you, I've been there. And I'm still today working through it, still going through some hurt, going through some pain. But I also know that this church has, has lifted us up when we couldn't pick ourselves up. And we know that God has sustained us every single day since his passing. So I'm, I'm here to tell you that this is a great place to be. Uh, You will get encouragement, you will be loved, you will be taken care of, and it's also just a a great place to be a part of God's presence and what he's doing in this dark world. We are a light out here at Orchardville to this dark world. We're a light, and we carry that light with us wherever we go. All right? Amen. So, if you don't have a home church, come back next week. We're here again. And Wednesday nights, we got things for kids and and youth group and all that stuff. So, this morning, I'm going to... Just share for a little bit. I've cut my message down to two hours today. (laughs) Kidding. That was just for the new people. (laughs) The title this morning is Four Simple Words. Four Simple Words. And we're going to be in Matthew starting out. Matthew 28, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. Matthew 28. All right, Matthew 28, 5 through 7. I'll be in the NLT this morning. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. 
and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. Such a powerful, powerful passage for what we are celebrating today. He's not there. He's risen. He's risen. And and most holidays, they have something that makes them great or or sets them apart from other days. And and there's many great things that we can look at with Easter. There's, There's great kindness that's shown. There's great discovery. There's great announcement. There's great appearances. There's great commission that comes out of this. There's great conclusion in this. And each holiday has a different message for us as we celebrate those throughout the year. You know, the 4th of July in the United States, we celebrate our independence, right? Uh, Memorial Day is the death of patriotic men and women who died for our country. Mother's Day is about moms, right? Father's Day is about the dads. The message of Christmas is the birth of Jesus. We often say that Jesus is the reason for the... Come on, help me now. The message of Good Friday is the death of Jesus on the cross. Now what about this holiday today? But is that what the world tells us? To celebrate this holiday, the world has given us the Easter bunny. I'm not trying to rain on your parades. Easter candy, I eat it. Easter rabbits, Easter eggs, Easter dinner, Easter bonnets. Anybody got hats on today? It used to be a big thing when I was growing up, wearing your bonnet to church. On Sunday, Easter Sunday. But those are not the message of Easter. That's what the world says it is. The message of Easter is in the scripture that I just read to us this morning. And it's found here in that text. The message of Easter can be summed up in four simple words that I'm going to cover this morning. And they're crucial. And they are commands for us. And the first one is in verse 6. It says to come. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. Now, what's the background here? Jesus was dead. You've got to understand that. Jesus was dead. He had been betrayed by Judas, though he still loved him. He still washed his feet. He still ate dinner with him. He was forsaken by his disciples. He was denied by Peter, who said, I will never deny you. Okay, that's where we're at right here. He was tried by the Sanhedrin. He was condemned to die by Pilate. He was crucified at Calvary. He was beaten and bloodied. He was buried in the tomb. And on Easter morning, women came to the tomb concerned that they would not be able to get in. Mark 16, 3 says, on the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll, roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? They're worried about being able to get in. But when they arrived, they were in for the surprise of their lives. A great earthquake had taken place and the stone was moved away. If you go back to Matthew 28 too, suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone. Matthew 28, three and four, his face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Let's put ourselves there. Angel of the Lord comes down. These guards are there. And I thought about falling today, but I don't want to pay for it tomorrow. (laughs) But the surprise and the shock on their face to see this happen. And they were told, the women are told not to fear. The angel knew they were seeking Jesus. 28.5, then the angel spoke to the women, women, don't be afraid. He said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. The angel told them to come. Come on. 
Come on in. I know you're looking for him. It was an invitation that's often given to us in scripture to come to Jesus, to come to him, come to him. The ark was built by Noah as a picture of coming to him for protection, salvation. He invited the children of Israel to come out of Egypt, come into the promised land, come. All throughout scripture, he gives us invitations to come. Isaiah 55, one through three, I won't read it all. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Come. Come to me. Revelations twenty two seventeen. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life come to me, to Jesus. And he makes that same great invitation in Matthew. Jesus does. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary. Anybody been weary? You might be right now. He says, come. And carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. There are so many people walking around in this world that are carrying burdens and the heaviness about them. And you need some rest. Come to Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. You might be in here this morning and you're laboring in sin. You're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing and it's, it's bothering you. Like you know I'm headed, I'm headed down this path of destruction for my life right now and I need to change. And you, you might be thinking about, man, I, it's just so awful the things that I'm doing. And I don't really want to do those. That's, that's what you don't know is that's a battle of your flesh and God's Holy Spirit that wants to work in your life. Because you're doing what you don't want to do. But God's Holy Spirit, as he draws you to himself, is saying you don't have to take that path. Come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will help you. He says, come unto me. We come to him who has left the tomb. While we're celebrating today, we come to him because he's left the tomb. We come to him that is risen from the dead. We come to him who is living right now in heaven at the right hand of God. He's alive. We come to him who is offering forgiveness and salvation to every one of us that will believe. He gives us that. And through the salvation of Jesus, we are forgiven of all that stuff that we might be doing right now. Guess what? Rick Hayes, the pastor of this church, still messes up and sins. So you're not alone if you've walked in here today struggling with stuff. But he offers us forgiveness. He offers us a clean slate that we don't have to live in the past anymore. He makes us a new creation in him. And we can start over in Jesus with a brand new family. Look around you. This is beautiful. Almost all of you. <laughs> John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And he offers us peace. He offers us power to all who believe on him. John fourteen twenty seven. I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. 
Now, I know why a lot of people, again, I was, I was the same person. I know why a lot of people go and try this or try that or do this and do that because they're looking to fill a void that only one person can fill. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not the drugs. It's not the alcohol. It's not the secret sin that you have. That is not going to fulfill you. That is temporary. And guess what? When it wears off, it still sucks. Oops. (laughs) Life is hard. And we look to fill it with so many other things, but you cannot do that without Jesus being the center of your life. That's what's missing. It's him. So he says, come. He also says in the scripture in verse six, see, he isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Just as he said would happen, come see where his body was lying. Now there's a difference between the words look and see. When you look at something, you may not grasp what you're looking at. Everybody been there? You may not comprehend or understand, but when you truly see something that you grasp, you comprehend it, you understand it when you truly see it. And I believe that the angel wanted these women not just to look, but to see, to understand and comprehend that that tomb is empty. I'm telling you, it's empty. Go in there and look. See it. He wanted them to know that Christ had risen from the dead. And I believe that God wants us to see Christ is risen. He is alive today. That's something to celebrate every time we come together that he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he is alive. And And he desires for all of us to put our trust in him as our Savior. Romans 10, 9, 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So I believe it in my heart and then I declare it. That happened to me when I was six years old. Now, I'm not going to tell you from six on up to my teen years that I lived the way I should have lived. Because I didn't grab a hold of what it truly meant to be a disciple of Jesus until early 20s. And then some light bulb went off in this small brain of mine and said, what are you doing? I battled two and a half years of depression and suicidal thoughts in my late teens, early 20s. That's where I was. And when I came to this realization of who Jesus wanted to be in my life, I remember standing at a church in Benton, Illinois, on the left side of the altar, and I just threw my hands up because I was tired of every day waking up not wanting to be here. I was tired every day of, of finding no value in my life. But I was looking at material things. I was looking at stuff that didn't matter in eternity. I came to the realization that I had never fully surrendered my heart and my life to Jesus and followed him like a true disciple does. So I remember throwing up my hands because I was tired. I'd cry myself to sleep at night. I'd wake up uh, and put on this happy face and go through my day. I was a class clown my senior year, but I was battling depression and nobody knew. I remember my mom and dad didn't even know. And when I I said it in front of the doctor, my mom, who recently passed as well, God, God still got me. She broke down and started crying. She didn't have any idea how bad I was struggling inside. But from that moment, I'm telling you, from that moment where I surrendered and say, God, I can't do this by myself anymore. I can't do this. I don't want to feel this way anymore. 
something changed in me. And that was the, the, the Holy Spirit invading my life, Jesus coming into my life, me fully surrendering to him, and me living different from that point forward. And realizing my value wasn't found in a girlfriend, my value wasn't found in what kind of job or what kind of career I picked, my value was found in him and him alone. And that changed my outlook in life. I truly understood who, how I was to walk and what I was to walk in. I'm a son to the king. And I learned how to walk in that. And it didn't matter what people said about me and what the enemy tried to fill in my head. It matters what Jesus says about me in this book. It made, me, it, it made me different, and I'm changed because of it, and I thank him for it every day. He also says in the scripture to go in verse 7. Matthew 28, 7, And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. They were told to go. Go. He didn't, Jesus didn't intend, or this angel in this story right here, didn't intend for the ladies there to just continually stand and look inside the empty tomb. Would you look at that? Just look at it. Look at, look. Wow. Look at it. It's empty. And sometimes we do that with, with the change that happens in us. Jesus comes in and changes us. You, you know you're different. You know you're changed. And you're like, look at what he did. I can't believe it. I feel totally different inside. I have life. I have it abundantly. Look, look at it. But we're to go after that. Go. Go. After we come to this point of seeing the empty tomb and, and how Jesus changes us and trusting Christ as our Savior, we are to go. We are to go and learn more about him. You are now a disciple of Jesus when you put your faith in him, believed on him. Now you are trying to learn who he was, what he was about, and emulate that. He's your example. He's my example. I'm trying to learn more about Jesus by reading his word, and I'm trying to love like he does. Because this world has enough hate. I want to love like he did as well. And sometimes that's tough for us because we're so selfish in our feelings and our desires. I have a right to be mad. And I'm going to tell you about it. But he loved. I don't ever see in scripture, I know he flipped over some tables and stuff, but where he did things vindictively. I'll show you for what you did to me. No, he wasn't like that. We can't just pick and choose the examples that we want to follow. He's Jesus, the whole example for every part of our lives. We follow it all. <clears throat> so we go and learn more about him. Second Peter 3.18, rather you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'll throw a question out there. If you're not growing in Jesus, did you ever surrender your life to him? Something to think about. We're to go to him in prayer, talk to him. How many of you talk to your spouse? Uh-oh. I won't get into marriage counseling, but how many of you know that you've got to talk to your spouse to make things work? Am I great at communication, honey? I'm working on it. 22 years in. Still working on it. But you have to communicate. You have to talk to your spouse or else you end up sitting on separate sides of the living room. You don't speak and you're just married because the kids are involved. That's not how God intended it. 
Communication is important. We're to talk to God throughout our day, multiple times a day. I need him a lot during the day. You ever need him, like when you're dealing with some people that are hard to deal with? Help me, Lord. Help me right now. There's many times throughout our day we can call on him and talk with him and pray and communicate and listen when he's dropping things into us as well. Go with Jesus, allowing him to live through us. Galatians 2.20, my old self has been, this is so good right here. This is what you need to understand today if you're struggling and you're stuck in this pattern of sin and not knowing the Lord. Your old self has been crucified with Christ as you come to know him and believe on him. It's no longer I who live, but it's Jesus that lives in me now. There's a change that happens. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Everything he went through on the cross was for each one of us. All of us. We're to go to church and fellowship with other believers. That's why I'm inviting you back to next week. We're still going to sing really awesome and anointed. We're still going to preach the word and we're still going to be here. And if we outgrow this building, we'll build another one. Come. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to be a little bit contradicting to what I just said about come, be here, be a part of this. Be the church outside of here too. In your living room, when you have friends over, study the word together, pray together. Be the church wherever you're at. Because we are. It's not this building. We are the church. As we go about our day and we go throughout our week, we are representing the name of Jesus. You, you can might as well have it tattooed on your forehead. If anybody does, that's cool. But everywhere you go, if you're a believer, you confess him as your savior. You are representing him in what you're doing. Don't give Jesus a bad name. Okay? I know we make mistakes, but think on things before you say things, before you do things. Understand who you're representing now. I almost started singing, you give love a bad name. Bon Jovi. <laughs> if you're brand new here and you don't know me at all, I'm a little bit weird. <laughs> but the main thing is, his heart is full of Jesus. <laughs> We are to go also to a lost and dying world. Let's say, here is the cure to cancer. Bear with me, okay? I have it. I know what it is. Now, how silly and selfish of, this would, of me would it be if I know somebody has cancer, I know the cure for it, and I keep it to myself? I know, like, I've, we've come up with this new invention, this thing, and, 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 and I know this is going to help you, but I'm not going to tell you about it. But we are doing that very thing when we don't go and tell people about Jesus. You see people struggling. Some people will come right out and tell you in the middle of a line at Walmart what they're dealing with, right? Right? I mean, God puts little scenarios in front of you and they will let you know and he gives you opportunities to tell, yet we keep it to ourselves. Shame on us. Shame on us for keeping 
the, the promise of eternal life in heaven as opposed to eternity burning in hell, shame on us for keeping that to ourselves and not sharing it with others. Sometimes I preach a little tough too. Acts 1a, we can do this. We, we are able to go and, and tell a, go to a lost and dying world because of Acts 1a. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We are the witnesses for Christ. And the last word, come see, go, tell. In verse 7 again, now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, remember what I have told you. The women were supposed to tell the disciples about the resurrection. You remember, uh, and if you're not familiar, there's a story in Mark chapter 5. There was a demon-possessed man who was healed and he wanted to travel with Jesus, of course. Dude, you just healed me, can I go with you? I want to be a part of this. But the Lord told him this, Mark 5, 19. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. It's our job to tell others what great things the Lord has done for us. Now, I think about that, and I'm sure he went home and told them because he was changed. He was demon-possessed, and now he's free. I was depressed as a teen. I was suicidal. God changed my life. You know what that should look like for me now? And I'm guilty. I'm just as guilty as anybody else that doesn't go and tell. As soon as that happened, every chance I get, it's given me opportunities to talk to teens and people that are dealing with depression and things like that. But as soon as that happened in my life, now that I'm wiser and older and a little bit more mature, here's what should happen. Every time that God, you know, if he doesn't do anything else, he saved you from hell. That's enough. That's plenty to be excited about. That I have a home in heaven right now, and I'll get to see my mom and my son again. That's, that's enough. But he goes above and beyond that a lot in our lives. So he took me in depression and suicidal thoughts and freed me from that. So what that should look like, I, and I'm picturing this in my mind about going and telling, it should be pretty exciting for me. Because we too often, real quick, forget about what God brought us out of. And it's just all ho-hum, but every time I get an opportunity to tell people about it, it should be with, dude, I was depressed, man, I was down on my, I just wasn't enjoying life, and Jesus picked me up, and he freed me from all of it. I'm in complete freedom now. That's what it should look like. Man, hey, man, I, I know life's hard. I was struggling too, and I was doing things that were against the Lord. But when I found Jesus and, and started following him, things changed in my life. He's blessed me with a wife and kids and a family and a church, and it's awesome. Now, I know some of you are saying, Rick, that's stupid. I ain't going to do that to anybody. And then you look normal. Run up to Walmart, in Walmart. Hey! Yeah. Shop later. Listen to this. <laughs> but that's the kind of excitement, enthusiasm that we need. That people need to see and we need to be a witness to. That God changed my life. And I just want to tell you about it. You can do with it what you want, but he changed me. And I want to offer that to you as well. 
Don't chase people in Walmart. <laughs> but there will be opportunities to share. But I'm talking about the passion and enthusiasm should be something that we have all the time because it's a big deal. It's a big deal what he's done for us. And I need more cardio. <laughs> Psalm 107.2, has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Mark 16, 15, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. You mean it's not just the pastors? No. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's everybody. 1 Peter 3, 15, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Here's another scenario that would be awful. Somebody walks up to you and says, are you okay, sir? You can't breathe. No. <laughs> Somebody walks up to you. <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs> Somebody walks up to you and notices that you're different, that you have joy, that you have a happiness, that you go through things like losing your son and you don't let go of Jesus because of it. But somebody comes up to you and asks you, why are you the way you are? How can you continue to do life no matter what's been happening to you? Now, a bad scenario would be, I'm not going to tell you. But we do that every time we're silent about who Jesus is and what he can do. Be ready to explain your hope as a believer. To the people that are asking why you are, that's just a grand opening, red carpet. Here comes the gospel to you. And sometimes God lays it out just like that for you. And you just have to tell him. Tell him. Praise team, go ahead and come back up. Again, the message of Easter summed up in these four words to come and see that he's not here anymore. He's risen. And then go and tell about who he is. You guys stand this morning. Just bow your heads for just a minute. I just want to ask you a couple questions. And I know I've thrown a lot out here in 20, 30 minutes, but as you bow your heads, and don't look around, just between you and God here for a few minutes, I want to ask you have you come to Jesus? Have you seen the empty tomb? Have you recognized what happened and why we're celebrating today? With that, if you're a believer already in here, have you went and gone to the lost? Are you struggling with that? Are you struggling with sharing and having that boldness and courage to, to let the Holy Spirit flow through you to talk with people? Have you been telling people about the great things that God has done in your life? I want to finish this morning just reading some lyrics from a guy named Matty Mullins as they begin to play. It says, I'll show you the cross with Jesus lifted high. I'll show you the grave where death was left behind. I'll show you a savior who paid the highest cost. Show me all your scars and I'll show you the cross. If you're on the outside angry and looking in, 
You don't believe that grace could reach you in the places you have been. If all you know of truth and love are lies and hypocrites, then nothing I could say would change the way it is. The only thing I can do is this. I'll show you the cross with Jesus lifted high. I'll show you the grave where death was left behind. I'll show you a savior who paid the highest cost. Show me all your scars and I'll show you the cross. This morning, we're going to open up our altars and and opening up altars is just a time to come talk to the Lord. It's a time to lay things down. It's a time to respond to what he's been doing in your heart throughout this service this morning. It's a time to come down and say, I don't have life figured out right now and I'm struggling, Rick. I am one of those people in here that doesn't know the Lord as my savior. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you keep speaking to people's hearts right now. Those those ones that walked in today struggling and hurting and going through some things right now, Father, let them know that you're here, that you're ready and able to help them right now in the midst of what they're going through. So we're going to open up the altars. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to just bring an environment in for God to do what he wants to do right now. And all, all you have to do is respond. Again, if you're here and you're struggling, you don't know the Lord. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You haven't accepted what he has done for you. You haven't believed on him and confessed that. I want you to come this morning. Please, please, please don't walk out of here without knowing Jesus as your Savior because we are not guaranteed another minute on this earth. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. Maybe you're here this morning. You've walked away from the Lord. Your your fire, the passion, the excitement's just not there anymore. And you, you are the prodigal. And the prodigal left home, left... And it's an example of leaving the Lord, but you know you need to come back. You need to come back to him this morning. Maybe you're in here and you have a physical ailment. You need healing in your body. This church believes in laying on of hands and anointing by oil to see Jesus, the Holy Spirit, move in power and heal. Maybe you just need some encouragement today. I'm just going to ask you to come this morning. Respond to the Holy Spirit. Respond to Jesus. Come. Come, come, come and see what he can do in your life this morning. Father, we just lift you up right now, Father, and I just ask that your Holy Spirit continues to work on hearts in here, God. There are some people that are dealing with some heavy things in here, God. They are struggling. They are hurting. And Father, they came today to be encouraged. And Father, I pray what was sung today, what we we spoke out of your word has brought encouragement, Father. But I, I pray right now, Father, they take that extra step and just come lay those things down this morning and respond to who you are. Show them, show them, Father, how powerful you are, how much you love, how much forgiveness you offer. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you sing and just respond? As soon as you feel that Holy Spirit tug in your heart, respond this morning and come. We've got people that can help pray with you today.
Amen. He is good. He keeps on getting better the more and more that you know him and love him. He loves you back in a powerful way, even when we don't love him. And it is awesome, awesome, awesome. This isn't just a, a show, a front, a face that we put on. We genuinely love the Lord. And he has genuinely changed our lives. And we can't help but sing about it and shout about it and talk about it. That's who he is. That's who he is to us. And that could be the same for you today. And this morning we had a couple people come to Jesus. And we're, we're doing something a little bit different. And, and this needed to happen. We need to disciple people that come to the Lord. They shouldn't be on their own to try to figure things out. They need people that have been through some stuff and understand what this is about. Otherwise, as soon as they get back out in the world, they're on their own sometimes. And that's not the way it should be as believers. We should have people helping them learn. So Tyler, if you guys would come up here. And Morgan. And I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass them and hope they don't feel that way at all, but I want you guys to know that we have your back and we want to help you guys, all right? So I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to put a couple people on the spot. Steve and Becky, will you come up here? They went through our, member, our, uh, our, our training for our discipleship class. It's called the first mile. The first mile is the toughest one. When you come to the Lord, you've got you to gotta figure some things out. You've got to understand what God wants to do for your life. So I'm going to have Steve and Becky. They're going to be their mentors, all right? And what this looks like for, for the first great people for at least the first month they've got somebody in their corner that's going to walk them through why they made the decision they made today and they're going to give them a great foundation to get going in this and then you've got a lifelong friend right now that's going to walk beside you got a church family here that wants to help you and see you guys make it to heaven right so i'm going to give you these and this right here and i'm going to put you with them and they'll kind of walk you through what's going to happen next and all that. But I appreciate you guys. Proud of you. Love you. We got you. All right. 